0: From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world's time zones. I'm Art Bell, and this is Midnight in the Desert. And this is also for Rump in the Storm Path. Uh, I want to notify you right away, because I don't know how much time I've got in more ways than one um, take a look at artbell.com I took a picture with my phone of the radar and what's approaching my little town right now <laughs> and Keith put it up so if something happens during the show or because of the show <laughs> you'll know what got me in more ways than one rules of the show are simple no bad language we don't allow bad language it has no use here only one call for show. Uh beyond that, I want to thank Kalos for the great sound. Before the lightning hits <laughs> Keith Roland, my webmaster of twenty years, my producer Heather Wade, the Bell oh the Bell Gab website. I've got a message for them tonight. They complained bitterly last night. Um our guest uh, to be last night was Andrew uh Andrew rather. Uh Andy he wants to be called, I guess, Bishago. And uh, he couldn't make it because his Skype was full of hum. And so we went to a backup number, and that turned out to be a cell phone. Then I said, well, how about something plugged into the wall and said, yeah, I've got one of those with a you know a portable thing, but the, it's dead, meaning no battery power. So we had no way to do it. So the Belgab group complained bitterly. And just for them, this vaguely lovable group of uh, Lollygags. I'm going to grant your wish, and tomorrow night, uh, Andrew, Andy, if you will, uh, will be here. So there you have it, rescheduled already, and he will be on a land line. So there you go, Bell Gabbers, your wish comes true. Um, stream guys. Stream guys who get the um, the show to you, and LV.net who gets it to them, and our sales guy, Peter Eberhart and I mention this uh, as frequently as I can, you really should contact him. We have so few commercials that, well, yours just stands out. The death toll, just a couple of items here, from the fiery explosions in China, as I knew it would, has now climbed to 50. 700 were injured. It was horrible, horrible. They still really don't know exactly what it was. Now, we talk about the air... and and the condition of the planet. You remember L.A. back when it was really smoggy? Well, it's nothing compared to China. (laughs) In China, air pollution is killing 4,000 people a day, every day. 4,000 people a day. Can you imagine that? In one of the deadliest single attacks in post-war Baghdad, a truck bomb shattered a popular fruit and vegetable market in a teeming Shiite neighborhood. Sixty-seven dead. Hundred and fifty wounded. From the a lucky eyewitness in Illinois got the sighting of a lifetime during a thunderstorm. Maybe I better not read this <laughs> during a thunderstorm last month when he managed to capture one of the most elusive phenomena to ever be studied. No, not a UFO. The flying object has been tentatively identified as ball lightning. Ball lightning ignores all natural rules. It ignores gravity. It ignores everything. It goes where it wants to go. It does what it wants to do. It, it's an interesting piece of land that I live in uh, here in Pahr- Nevada, so- South Nevada. We're about six miles from the California border. In fact, if you look at that picture, um, the blue circle up at artbell.com on the radar sh- uh, shot is exactly where I am. I am in that blue circle, <laughs> at least for now. It looks like a bad one. All right, so coming up in a moment is, uh, and I have been sprinkling my studio, by the way, with uh, uh, holy water. Actually, not. A little tap water here. came out of a hole, though. Born and raised in San Diego. Um, this amazing person coming up, Blanche Barton, graduated Phi Beta Kappa from Redlands College with a degree in journalism and literature. She met Anton Levay. I guess you know who that is, right, most of you? She met Anton Levay the day after the previous high priestess left the Black House. Barton became Levay's companion and mother of his only son. She became high priestess of the Church of Satan, holding this title until April 30th, 2002, when she assumed the role of chairmistress of the Council of Nine. Her biography of LaVey, The Secret Life of a Satanist, the authorized biography of Anton LaVey, was originally published in 1990, and an expanded edition is available now. Blanche also wrote The Church of Satan, a History of the World's Most Notorious Religion. All right. We're going to break here, and when we come back, Blanche will be here unless the storm has moved in and erased me and the entire program. Anyway, take a look at the radar to give me an idea of exactly where I I am or was.
1: In, but I'll take your bet and you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, I snub your bow and play your fiddle
2: hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals a card. Take a walk on the wild side of midnight. Decided, From the kingdom go. of Nye, this is Midnight in the Desert soul. with Art Bell. Please call the show at 1 225 That's 1 Call Art. Well, all right, here comes Blanche Barton. She is uh, a damn
0: high priestess. I w- I would assume, Blanche. Welcome to the program. By the way.
3: Ah, uh, Mr. Art Bell. We meet at last
0: <laughs> yes. uh, in the
3: stormy desert uh, at midnight. <laughs> Best time. It's the dark of the moon too, and the Perseid shower. I tell you, it's it's just kismet.
0: I'm old Blanche. I don't have much to lose. Um, anyway, uh, welcome to the program. It's great to have you, and I, I assume that um, you know you probably keep the title, you know, much as congressmen and senators keep the title even after they've left office. You're still probably high priestess, right?
3: Well, people are very respectful to me, but my title officially is the Magistra Templi Rex, which is below the current high priestess, who is Peggy Nadrani. I'm doing a, a bang-up job of it.
0: Would would, you, would you mind her repeating husband, that slowly?
3: Peter Gilmore. Who's the high priest?
0: Would you mind repeating that slowly, please? Your title.
3: Magistra Templi Rex.
0: Yeah, I and hate, I hate
3: uh, that just means that I'm the head of the Council of Nine and that uh, I'm a grand poobah in the Church of Satan, right below the uh, the other ultimate grand poobahs.
0: Okay. Can we immediately do this and find out uh, what is the difference, if any, between Satan and the, the devil. Any difference?
3: I would use them both interchangeably. Um, I think it would be important for us to start our conversation with you understanding that we use Satan, the devil, Lucifer as a metaphor. We don't worship a guy with horns and a pitchfork. We don't believe that such a being exists. We don't believe that God or the devil or hell or heaven exists. It's all within us. We own our own destinies. We are our own gods. We're self-deifying. And we're responsible for our own happiness and our own success and our own failures. And uh, to make it short and sweet, life is short. Yes. And uh, there's no reliable evidence that there's anything beyond this life. Mm-hmm. So you'd better make, make this life count and enjoy it while you can. So.
4: Okay,
0: Blanche. Well, then here comes a big question. All right. If all of that is so, then why would you even bother to have a church? with his name.
3: That is a very good question. And Anton LaVey was asked that very question when he started the Church of Satan. Uh, and people said, you know, if you would just call it something else, you know, if you called it humanism, he talks about this in the Satanic Bible, which he published in 1969. You know, if you called it humanism or uh, even Typhonism or something, maybe you'd get more followers. But his point was that he didn't want more followers. The point of calling it Satanism is there's always a Satan in every culture, there's always the accuser, there's always the other. There's There's always the one outside Um, and he's the scapegoat and it's dangerous it's dangerous to have scapegoats Christianity has scapegoats Mm -hmm. Muslim beliefs have scapegoats and to demonize others when you say I'm a good guy and those people over there are bad guys we can kill them we can shoot them we can Mm -hmm. torture them Mm -hmm. because they're the bad guys and you know that Satan is evil right because you've been told that all your life
0: yes yes
3: but but what else These, this is a word that you've been programmed to be afraid of, so what else have you been programmed to be afraid of? liberal quite a bit conservative abortion you know how are you being manipulated by politicians and people who want to take your money? You know so that's the point of calling it satanism is don't believe the, the stuff that's being fed you.
0: Donald Trump scares me a little.
3: Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, that, and that's 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 one. That's why we're here. That's why you need um, Satanists right now because the political season is is kicking off, and look at what you have to choose from. We're not just about anti-Christianity or anti-theism. You know, that's part a very big part of what we are. But anything that's a sacred cow has to be examined and challenged. Whenever you see broad generalizations or uh, scapegoating or ad hominem attacks instead of actual arguments on important issues. Right. You know, you were talking about we've got serious environmental problems right now. We've got serious economic problems. And what are we doing? We're killing each other over phantoms, over lies. And that's not how we bring things together to save our planet right now. And that's that's what we're all about.
0: All right. Uh, let's get into this. You, over lies. Um, and and you're, that's a very... Broad brush stroke right across all of religion from God to the devil. To True. Right? True.
3: Yeah, well the point is that we do we do enter the ritual chamber. We have lesser magic, greater magic that we indulge in oh, you as, do. as as a part of poetic nature in humans, but we do it consciously. Hmm. We go into what we call the intellectual decompression chamber. We put on our robes and we call forth the, the um, icons that we find bring us power within ourselves, but we know that we're calling forth the power within ourselves, but we're using the poetic metaphors to reach places that part of the human brain that we don't quite understand that a lot hmm. of your other people that are on your show try to understand more consciousness and the the powers of the human brain and human potential. We do it based first and foremost on reasonableness and rationality. Then we add in the more metaphysical explorations, or if we don't want to, it's not necessary to do that as a Satanist. But if you want to play with the poetics of it, then that's okay too. But we, we don't build our foundation on sand, and that's what most religions do. They build them on sand, and they lead to blindness and prejudice, and they impose ignorance on their children and a distrust of science. And that's, that's not the best of what human beings can be.
0: Well, what you preach is all good stuff. Uh, the pulpit from which... Uh, pulpit, excuse me. The position from which you preach... Um, perhaps calls into question, you know, many people, called, the whole thing calls, is called into question, frankly. Um, Satan and the word, you're right, the devil, Satan, whatever, it scares the hell out of people. And I guess that's exactly what it's intended to do.
3: And that sort of surprises me because we've been around for 50 years. You know, we've been saying the same stuff for the last 50 years. And people don't listen. It shows that every culture and everybody still needs the devil. They still need the other guys. They still need the bad guys, the evil ones, the outsiders. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, uh, as far as we're concerned, we're in pretty good company. Most of the people that have You know, are the best thinkers. Uh, The most brilliant, innovative thinkers are generally labeled as heretics. So, you know, why not take pride in that?
0: You're obviously a clear thinker. Uh, Tell me about Anton. Um,
3: He was a a brilliant man. He um, was far ahead of his time. He started out uh, interested in magic, but he also had a wonderful uh, skill with uh, music. So he played. the oboe and keyboards were his real love, and uh, he became a hypnotist. He worked in the carnival. He worked in the circus. Uh, he was a police photographer. Wow. And out of all of those um, roles, he saw human tragedy and human foibles up close and personal. He saw... um People sneaking in to look at the, the burlesque girls, you know, in the sure, carnival, and then sure. sneaking across on Sunday to go with their families to see the tent show revivalists and, you know, cleanse their souls of all their, all their wicked thoughts, you
0: That's know? That's right. So, right. Let uh, me go back. Uh, you said he began with magic. Is magic real?
3: Well, I believe that magic can only be, I can only answer that for myself. You have to answer that for yourself. Well, you
0: said Anton began with magic.
3: Well, he, was, he began with an interest in magic and the supernatural, and he did. He checked out uh, as many people as he thought might have a gateway into other worlds, other, other ways of being, uh, Madame Blavatsky or Alistair Crowley, and they were all so dry and boring and sad and obfuscating. Um, he just wanted the real deal. And I think people are attracted to his philosophy. One of the reasons that they, they're they attracted to his philosophy is because he doesn't dance around. He's He says what he means. He means what he says. He says, this is how I do what I do. Go in the ritual chamber. Try it. If it works for you, great. Uh, try these methods that I wrote in the Satanic Witch um, about basic psychology, reading people, cold readings that he learned in, in the carnival, uh, the, the whole process of looking at nonverbal cues, and um, see it, make it work for you.
0: Yes, but those are all tricks. And um, what I'm asking is, did he find the real thing, or did he practice when he found the real thing?
3: Well, certainly he did. Certainly he well, did. Well,
0: okay, so magic is real.
3: Yes, Uh I have experienced magical consequences of what I've done in the ritual chamber. As I say, though, that doesn't mean that if you go into the ritual chamber and you do exactly what I did, it may not work for you. Because, to be honest, now this is just me speculating. This isn't Church of Satan policy. But, But it's almost as if everybody has a different frequency. You know, right. And and Anton talked about this when he was playing music for animals in this in the circus. He said you don't play the same song for an elephant as you do for a tiger mm-hmm. because they they have different rhythms, they have different moods. And I think certain people are just attracted to the satanic mythos. We're attracted to the to the anti hero, you know, like light Lord Byron, you know, with the Miltonian antihero, hmm. um the light bearer, Lucifer. You know, or Prometheus, for example, who risks um the wrath of the gods in order to bring the fire of wisdom and intellect and creativity to human beings, you know, and he was he was punished for it. Or the ultimate, of course, in the Garden of Eden, the serpent, you know, tempting with the with the apple of knowledge from the tree of knowledge. All these metaphors are the same. And these are things that inspire me. Religion presents you with metaphors and myths, stories that codify and strengthen you they're almost like a like a group art project to me you know because they communicate what is important to a given society what you hold dear what rituals you find important and what those ideals are so my ideal is not some guy hanging on a cross i'm sorry when when my back is up against the wall i want um you know a dynamic life affirming poetic image of satan who is the ultimate antihero
0: and actually, Anton, when you look at him, uh, certainly carried some of those physical characteristics, didn't he?
3: Oh, he certainly did. Yes, he certainly did, and he emphasized them. True to lesser magical ability, he saw what worked best for him, and he saw the look that, that, he, could, that he could present and, and that, that fit, and he, and he used it.
0: Okay. Pinned to the wall, you admit magic is or, and or can be real. If magic is real, then the supernatural is real right yes <laughs> that's a pretty grudging yes
3: um, <laughs> well you're you're leading me you're leading me down to a certain conclusion and i want to tell you that what we consider what we do in the ritual chamber is like a laboratory um okay. i don't think enough has been understood yet about and again this gets back to the other guests that you've had i mean even like um Dean Radin the conscious universe or um
0: Oh you are a the, listener aren't you <laughs> okay. Well
3: exactly or um what is it the uh the field McTaggart yes. you know there's a lot that we do not understand about the interactions of time space matter we're we're sort of nibbling around the edges and we now understand that true to long long uh history of witchcraft that blood semen uh, all the all the body fluids uh-huh. and hair that are used traditionally in magic, that now, lo and behold, contains people's DNA. So it is a direct link to an individual. When the witches started doing that, it, including blood and hair and stuff in their in their spells, so I so would many never millennia ago, n-
0: I'd never, never argue know. with this. No, you're dead right. Uh, we are little snowflakes, and our DNA is definitely us. And and so you're right, hair. Blood, semen, bodily fluids—it's all the individual us. So if Fair that sense. is used, if that is used in the right way by the right person, there is with, magic.
3: With the right intent, there—you know—again, Anton LaVey lays it out very clearly in the Satanic Bible. There are certain certain elements that need to be addressed, um, including you know imagery and there's also the balance factor he includes that very very important element because um you know he he says that you need to be aware of who you are and what what potency you have mm-hmm. if you're a 25 watt person you shouldn't and you're <laughs> sexually attracted to a Hundred watt woman or man,
4: uh, okay,
0: yes.
3: maybe you you know should set your sights a little lower than <laughs> than trying to attract that, that particular person. You yes. know, to start out.
0: Uh huh. Um, interesting, interesting. But again, I'm I'm going to keep going down this road as as far as I can take you. Uh, and I will ask, uh, is it possible to use a person's essence, how uh, bodily fluids, whatever essence? Uh, in In a positive way for them, uh, as well as a negative way for them,
3: absolutely. we have three basic rituals: we have lust, compassion, and destruction. So the point of going into the ritual chamber in the first place is not primarily to move the universe in the way you want it to i mean that's that's of course good as as a side effect, but it's a it's a psychodrama. Let me give you an example. Sure. Okay? So someone at work is really working against you. Uh someone is telling the boss lies about you. They're they're making you look bad. They're hiding your materials. They're really going out of their way to hurt you. Yes. So you go into the, you're really frustrated. You're thinking about this person all the time. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You're really angry mm-hmm. and you feel impotent. So you go into the ritual chamber. You do a destruction ritual. You concentrate on this person and you wish them all the bad bad things to happen to them. And you let it go. You let all of it go. You build up all of that energy and like a good orgasm, you just flow out. Mm. It goes out into the universe and then you let go of the rope. It's done. As far as you're you're concerned, it is done. It's a done deal. As
0: far as you're concerned.
3: You've spoken to the universe. It's going to happen. Whatever's supposed to happen will happen. So next week, you go into work, and this schmo has been promoted and moved to Hawaii. So did your curse work? Well, you don't have to deal with them anymore, do you? So... And maybe he'll get caught in a wonderful storm in Hawaii, and maybe his life will be So maybe you go in next terrible. week,
0: and he was hit by a Mack truck, now has about 35 broken bones, and is in traction in the hospital.
3: There you go. You know, that's the <laughs> way it goes.
0: Yes. Uh, well, I, I love the fact that you can bring up the, the, the rosiest metaphor possible when discussing somebody you don't like.
3: <laughs> well, I, you could have asked me about a lust ritual. You want to talk about that?
0: Uh, we'll get to that, sure. Um, you, you are, I don't know if you want to know, and you're an attorney, right? No. You're not an no. attorney? Well, you no. you certainly sound like one.
3: Ah, uh, well, I argue a lot. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <That's laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Um, okay, uh, this must be asked. Um, there are many who believe that Anton LaVey actually did conjure up the devil. What do you know about that?
3: Well, I would say yes, absolutely. You would? If you're talking about the, the metaphorical devil, I mean, he unleashed, 50 years ago, he unleashed this power of all the people that now call themselves Satanists, and we are doing Fabulous things, wonderful things. In publishing, we have a lot of people in military. We have people making making art, tattoos, lawyers, uh, teachers, uh, all all sorts of people doing amazing, wonderful things. And and that was, you know, there'd never really been um, an actual calling forth of the devil and giving him his due the way that Anton LaVey did. There'd been, you know, before there'd been sort of prankish ceremonies, the Hellfire Clubs and, yeah. and references to the devil and heretics and stuff. But, But there hadn't been people stepping forward and pridefully, purposefully taking the name of Satan and saying, this is how we define Satan. This is what he represents for us and move over because we're living life and we're having a great time.
0: All right. Hold it right there. We're at a break point. Relax. You've got several minutes. This is Midnight in the Desert. I'm Art Bell.
2: Exclusively on the Dark Matter Digital Network. This is Midnight in the Desert with your host, Art Bell. To call Art, please dial one nine five two 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 five fifty two seventy eight. 225 5278. That's 1952. Call Art. How many of you feel your soul seeping from your body already? Hmm?
0: Blanche Martin is my guest. She is, was actually, the high priestess of the Church of Satan and is chairmistress mistress of the Council of Nine. And we have talked of interesting things. Humanism, Satanism, and uh, magic. Now, I do I do have a little bit of a, I, I don't want to say problem, um, interest, I guess I would say. Uh, if you pin down Blanche, magic is real. And she described something. Frankly, that uh, could have easily been described by uh, Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Uh, now, uh, Blanche, have you been a listener long enough to have heard uh, Evelyn Paglini on the program?
3: I should have. I'm she, sure there are a lot of Satanists out there that would, you know, like to slap me about the the head and shoulders for not knowing who that is.
0: <laughs> She's a witch.
3: Ah, okay. And
0: um, she has described spells going after people, like you described. You know, the the, the disgruntled worker, the one you're unhappy with, and uh, how to do that, how to uh, work uh, spells for passion. Uh, you brought that up earlier. In other words, you two talk very much alike. Uh, you just you mentioned uh, Satan, and of course you're involved in the church of, but other than that, um, you could have sound. you just frankly sound a lot alike. So obviously you didn't hear her because I promise you she's passed on, you would have Remembered, uh, but she was a witch.
3: Yeah, I probably would. Um, that they, they use uh, a lot of the same. I mean, the the horned god uh, is is what they call the masculine figure, uh, witches and Wiccans, um, essentially. I call myself a witch. I'm a satanic witch. Uh, so you know, we use. A lot of, uh, a lot of the techniques, we use lesser magic, which is, uh, manipulative magic to, to get what we want on a, on a day to day basis. And then we use greater magic, which is, which is in the, uh, ritual chamber. But, uh, I think the, the, where a lot of people part company that are interested in magic, part company with Wicca or witchcraft as it is now Portrayed. Now they're moving a little bit away from this, but uh, they they get all squeamish about the word Satan. You know, they, they want to use the tools, uh-huh. but they don't want to align themselves with you know with the bad guy. I know. And if you're going to use the tools, then you know our thought is you should give give the the credit where the credit's due.
0: She was you not mean, she was not a Wiccan. She described herself as a spiritual warrior.
3: Okay. Well, that's that's good. I when a lot of people that that talk that kind of talk and they're not Satanists, I don't understand why they're not a Satanist. You know, it's it seems like uh it seems like a logical step to me. I know a lot of the in the 60s there was a group, you know, calling themselves WITCH uh, and they were essentially militant feminists hmm. that were using the metaphors of being witches and being evil and being ugly and empowering themselves, you know, like the word queer, uh, kind of giving themselves that, that life and that strength by calling themselves witches. And, you know, as a Satanist, I, you know, I think, I think it, uh, it's a little bit short of the mark, you know, if you're going that far and you don't align yourself with, because we call ourselves satanists for a lot of different reasons as i as i've already explained because uh most of the great thinkers including and up to copernicus galileo uh and more recent you know um People have always been called heretics and and blasphemers. And so why don't you pridefully say, yes, I align myself with with all that you consider evil. And I go to those dark places. I mean, I consider you a fellow traveler. You know, you go to those dark places, too. And you, you force people to expand their paradigms. You know, you bring in speculation and provocation. And you make people, you say, okay, here it is. You think about this. I'm forcing you to confront this, and you think about it. You can either reject it and say it doesn't exist, or you can try to expand your your consciousness to include this. That's what a good scientist
0: does. I think that it does exist. I think Mm -hmm. magic actually does exist. I think that uh, many things that we discuss in the paranormal world do exist. And what I don't understand is if you feel the same way, and I know you do, how can that not lead you to a curiosity about a maker a creator and Satan all of all of the all of those things being possible
3: well uh-huh. that that is not ne- that does not necessarily follow for me because the Why? Way I, I mean you see go, you're going way...
0: down that road how can you not continue down that road to the ultimate Possible conclusion.
3: Well I don't need a maker. I don't need I have evolution. You know, I have reason. I have rationality. I don't need a God that created me. If he if he did, he's an absentee landlord. And, I, and I've talked to people yeah. about this before too. I can't force myself to believe in a God that I don't believe exists. I can't force myself to believe that some guy 2,000 years ago in the Middle East dying, uh, if, he, if he did live, if he was an individual, and he wasn't just a compilation of a bunch of fu- supposed fulfillment of Jewish prophecy, uh, I can't believe that he has any bearing on my life as I live and breathe today. I'm the one who controls what I'm doing now. And if I had to believe, if I really tried to believe in a God, That was omnipotent and omniscient, Mm -hmm. and I could pray to, and he would pay attention to me, each little sparrow and each little butterfly and each little, you know, grain of sand in the cosmos he cares about. Okay, so there's such a being. How does he let happen what he lets happen? How can the fighting continue? How can all of these bad things, and of course they
0: say Satan. Okay. Well, no, well, no, 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 but they, but they, or me, just might say free will.
3: But, but let me continue just sure, a minute more. Sure. Go ahead. It would, cre- it would create such frustration and anger in me to believe in that kind of God. If I tried to, and I really tried to pray, and I really tried to understand, I would be homicidal because yeah. I could not reconcile why this, this being who supposedly loves me would threaten me and manipulate me in, a, in such a petulant, petty way that I have to bow down and worship him and do what he tells me to do or he'll throw me into a fiery pit for all eternity. I mean, what kind of, what kind of love is that? And then, you know... I,
0: you know, I, I kind think, of agree with a lot of that. I really do. But mm-hmm. what about the whole concept of an original creator and then free will? In other words, we're down here and left to do what we're going to do, and our ultimate, you know, upper down bill depends on how we do.
3: Okay, so my free will tells me that I'm a representative of Satan because, because if, if that God created me with a brain... He wants me to have a scientific mind, a rational mind. He wants me to challenge. He wants me to uh, be against uh, self-deceit and he doesn't want me to bow down and worship him. So okay. I'm doing my job. Well, I'm, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not stealing from anybody. I have a very sound base of ethics okay. that, that I move from. I don't need a God who's going to threaten me or strong arm me right. so that I'll do the right thing. I do it because I live in a society where it's expected of me and I want the same respect from my other fellow creatures. And so that's the contract. That's the social contract All like right. Rousseau talked about. What? I don't hurt you. You don't hurt me. Right. I don't a God to tell me to do that?
0: Okay. What has Satan done for you that God has not?
3: He's freed my mind. He's freed my will. He's inspired me. He's strengthened me. Um, he is—he is a—a he is a guide for me in my life. Uh, the whole anti-heroic Miltonian attitude of even when your back is, is up against the wall, when you don't have anything else in you, even when uh, you—you've been. Demonized and put upon and attacked mercilessly by the majority, you still are prideful and defiant and creative and driven, and that's where that's where Satan leads me.
0: All right. Earlier, I asked you if he conjured up the devil, and you responded that yes, he did.
3: In in my mind, he has let loose the gates of hell. Uh, there's a whole generation. Two generations now of people applying Satanism every day of their lives, Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why I'm on your show is, well, two re, well, three reasons. One, you know, because Mm -hmm. you've got a wonderful show, and (laughs) and it's an honor and a pleasure to be to be on your show. But also, people are Satanists all around the world now. It's it's a very popular philosophy, but a lot of times you don't even know when there's a Satanist working next to you or Teaching your children, or babysitting your parents, or you don't know that they're Satanists because they don't. It's not. We're not. Uh, it's not necessary for you to disclose that you're a Satanist. In our version of the world, if it does you no good to expose yourself, then don't do it. You know, people are confused. They don't understand it, but. I want people to know that if you find out that your co-worker is a Satanist, that there's nothing for you to fear or get freaked out about. You know, we, These are our ethics. These are our attitudes. These are our habits. We stick to our own most of the time. We keep our nose out of your business. As long as you don't try preaching to me, I'm not going to preach to you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find Satanists on the street corners handing out pamphlets or right. knocking on your door and waking you up at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday. Good. You know, we, we figure we want the information to be out there. That's what the Church of Satan is here for, is to continue to codify and clarify what Anton LaVey said, keep his ideas pure, blending the poetic and the rational parts of human beings. And if you're interested in it, you will seek us out and you'll find out if it's the right thing. If it's not for you, that's fine. But if you know of a Satanist, don't you know, I don't want you to overreact and say, Oh, yeah. You know, I want you to understand and, and be able to have an intelligent conversation with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um just to be clear, your relationship with Anton Levey was
3: It started out. I was working in his uh in the office in San Francisco along with other people. Uh and as we as I began to know him, I began taking notes on He was an amazing raconteur. He'd tell jokes. He'd tell these stories about his life and about the people that he'd known and his lion and his leopard and, and people that he'd known in, in the, on the police force would come by and, and he'd talk with them and, and I had extraordinary access. And I had a pencil and a and a tablet, and I started writing down some of these stories and some of the stuff that he was talking about, because I knew that he was an important historical man he was he will be remembered you know oh, yes. many many years from now, and what he was saying needed to be needed to be written down, so I wrote the biography uh, and we became more more uh, intimate uh, our relationship changed, and that 's why the new uh, *Secret Life of a Satanist* is the last few chapters are materially different than the than the first few chapters. Um, the last chapters are, are much more. I hope I don't become too uh, maudlin, or I hope I don't break down the image of who he was. But it's much more intimate portrait of of him, of as a man and what he struggled through in the last years of his life, and how productive he was at the same time. Um, and so. I want people to know the strength that he had because he was undergoing uh physical challenges as well as the satanic panic and legal challenges and he he survived. He was strong and uh, right up until the end.
4: Were so, they
0: coming after him legally because of what he said he was?
3: No, because of personal reasons. I see. Um but of course, you, you remember the Satanic Panic of the mid '80s to the '90s. A lot of pe- early '90s, a lot of people don't, may not remember, but it was an insane period of time. I mean, we had Geraldo and Sally Jesse Raphael and Oprah Winfrey with these people who were claiming to have been molested as children in satanic sacrifices mm-hmm. and, and uh, baby breeders, and, and they tore up a whole. Uh, well, you know what happened in Manhattan Beach oh, yes. with the preschool. Um, Yes. And uh, yeah, the FBI finally did a thorough, thorough search of everything and said there is no international satanic conspiracy. But this was only after at least two uh, documents were introduced into state legis- legislation to ban the practice of Satanism hmm. as a religion. They, you know, not Judaism, not Church of Christ. Satanism, which is a recognized religion in this country, recognized by uh, in the chaplain's guide to the military services, and uh, they wanted to ban it as a practice, and that's
0: well, it never, of course, would have held up, never.
3: No, of course not, and you know, there's a lot of weird uh, stuff introduced into state legislature, but the fact that they felt that they could have the impetus to, you know, the backing to introduce it uh, was pretty scary you know it didn't go anywhere but still
0: i guess yeah i guess it is it was scary to be sure i mean it's like the uh, the the communist purge way back right
3: well and people were i mean their their lives were broken they got fired from their jobs they were going through divorces and and people lost their children they had child protect, protective custody coming in and taking their children away um just on accusations and uh finally i think the uh, the court system and the insurance companies got tired of paying these bills for these recovered memories and these supposed counselors that were that were behind so much of it but it was it was a time of suspicion and and the two elements that that uh, dr LeVay hated so much was that they would go on these these shows and instead of talking about real satanism they'd talk about some animal sacrifices mm. or child sacrifices and so the teenagers who were watching these shows and listening to this hysteria would say ooh i want to be like you know a real satanist and so they would go off and maybe sacrifice a dog or something and that would end up in the in the local papers and and dr LeVay loved animals he had many, many wonderful animals that he had a great relationship with. And one of the tenets uh, that he makes very clear in our satanic statements and in the satanic Bible is you would not hurt an animal or a child because they're the most natural magicians. And instead of you know waving the satanic Bible around in, in, in disgust and saying, ooh, isn't this awful, they wouldn't read the book and they wouldn't tell people that's what satanism really represented. And he said, you know, all of these animals, if there are animals being hurt or killed in, in this fashion because of, you know, they think that that's what real Satanists do, these animals should be placed on Oprah Winfrey's and Geraldo Rivera's doorsteps because they're the ones that are doing it, not us. They're the ones that are leading these people to do this. And, and he felt very sad about that aspect of it.
0: I once had a young lady on my show whose name was Patsy.
3: Mm.
0: She had devoted her life to the devil to Satan and she said that uh, she would ensure that her I think it was daughter uh, son, rather would would be taken taken by the devil as well as herself now she wasn't just a caller when she began as a caller and I went on to interview her in depth but this I'm telling you right now this gal named Patsy meant what she said now, I understand that that is not what you've told us about tonight, but how many patsies are out there?
3: Well, there are people that use any number of uh, contexts for mm-hmm. their disturbances. Uh, they create fantasies for what, I mean, I'm not a psychoanalyst and I haven't T- talk to her. I don't know about her specifically, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not qualified to pass judgment on her particular diagnosis. But I know people do a lot who want attention, um, and who you know, they may feel even that they have a, a real uh, pain or they have real memories or something. But uh, usually, it can be traced to something very specific, and, and it's a context that they that they need to put their their pain in. And they need they need uh, you know a counselor that can actually help them not feed their fantasies, but actually help them move away from their fantasies into a productive life.
0: With what you've said, and I've listened to what you've said very carefully, hold tight where it is another breakpoint. Um, it's very difficult for me to distinguish between a fact and fantasy here. Magic is real. But the devil or Satan isn't. I'm Art Bell.
2: the desert via Skype worldwide. If on a computer, please be sure to use a headphone mic and call MITD 51. That's MITD 51. Well, all right. My guest is Blanche
0: Barton. That's Blanche Barton, and she is uh, the former high priestess of the Church of Satan, as well as now the chairmistress of the Council of Nine. She um, was Anton LaVey's partner in life. I think that's probably a fair way to put it. And, uh, of course, you uh, you also uh, had a child, have a child uh, now. Is, is that correct?
3: Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct.
0: So, um, again, I'm struggling a little bit with this, Blanche, uh, because on one hand, you sort of lay out uh, Satanism as humanism. But then on the other hand, you'll go down that highway saying, well, yes, magic. Some magic is certainly real, and much of the paranormal could be real, and certainly I've discussed a great deal of this, and and that's kind of where you stop. Uh, You you don't continue down that road. Uh, It seems to me once you've embraced the paranormal and the fact that magic, real magic, can be done, then you have to be looking at a power beyond... uh, Human power, humanism.
3: Okay, let's let's try this. Okay. Okay. Um, we start from the position that humans are rational animals. We're animals. That's that's the seventh. You know, our foundational document is the Nine Satanic Statement. And the seventh, if I may, if you will indulge me,
4: sure.
3: Satan represents man as just another animal. Sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours. Who, because of his divine spiritual and intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all. Mm. And we can see what's happening because of that viciousness to animals all around the world. So we're, you know, we're selfish and short-sighted creatures. But instead of just leaving it at that, I could be an atheist or I could be a humanist, but there's a whole, like, half of our brain that isn't addressed by atheism or humanism. Because in Anton LaVey, for the first time in history, he reconciled the irreconcilable. He reconciled the the poetry, the mystery, the magic of being a human being, of writing symphonies, of writing great literature, of, of having visions in, and creating great architecture, and creating love, relationships, all of these fantasies that, that are human that are a big part of being human. So he fed that into into sort of a pomp and mystery of satanic imagery so that we can utilize all the power within us. And I don't I don't see any any irreconcilable there at all. The power does not come from an external source. It comes from me. It comes from you. It comes from the other people that are working with me for the same goals. And that is now being quantified, again, getting back to, you know, recent books by Dean Radin and, and, and McTaggart and other people. It's now being quantified in a scientific way that, that th- there is a group effect when several people, lots of people are concentrating in the same direction at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it it does have a a measurable effect. And I don't understand it, and I don't pretend to understand the dynamics of it. I think that scientists will be studying it more and more, but we're storytelling creatures. You know, that's what we do. If if some alien came from another planet, imagine how weird it would look that we go to movies, that we watch these little boxes with all these stories on them, that we read these books, and they're all fantasies. They're all stories, why mm-hmm. do we do that? Be, be, we're, because we're storytelling creatures, and we, we, we gain strength from these metaphors and and these images and and these practices of various emotions, and uh, and we like drama, we like symbols, we like passion, we like rituals and celebrations that bind us together and communicate our group values, and that's all that Satanism is, like any other religion.
0: Mm. Um, I. I got an atheist that I bring on the show from time to time named Matthew Alper. Very interesting guy. Maybe you heard him one time. Anyway, he wrote a book that I find fascinating, and I would like to describe to you the premise. Uh, The book is called The God Part of the Brain. And uh, it basically, I'm not going to do it justice here, but basically it suggests that all human beings, and we include those who are found on um, otherwise uninhabited islands, you know, natives that worship one thing or another, If, if you know, the sun perhaps, the moon, the trees, it, it doesn't matter, that human beings are programmed by something in our brain or some part of our brain that demands that we worship uh, something, that we uh, believe in some sort of deity greater than ourselves. And he thinks that they will eventually identify that part of the brain that that um, that causes this i I wonder how you feel about that because it is true if you look around the world, everybody just about everybody, even you worship something
3: well that i I hesitate with the word worship uh, except okay. that I worship right. myself, but i don 't worship something external. Um, just metaphorically that is a that's a poetic representation of me. You know, that those images are a poetic uh projection of me. Um but yeah, I I certainly think it's a fascinating uh study, the God part of the brain. I can definitely see that because it is a near universal that that people like to and what I've credited to, and I don't think I'm alone in this, is that it's a and maybe he even includes this part. Um uh, when we're in nature, when we're trying to survive, when we were in our earliest stages, our brains were developing, our survival depended on seeing patterns, seeing the gestalt, seeing the tiger hidden in the trees. Mm and so we look for patterns and we try to make sense of things that's what we do all the time that's the scientific part of our mind is trying to make sense and we like things to progress in beginning middle end we like things to be just we like for good people to get rewarded and bad people to go to a bad place and, and get punished we like that so we tell stories to ourselves that that's what's really happening so yeah I can, I can see that that would be a, a very interesting study I would like to read his book
0: um, I thought you might. All right, so I have a computer, and I have this thing called the wormhole, and they can go to a certain place and send me a message as I'm doing a program, uh, you know, like right now. And before I read you anything, uh, what would you imagine the response to your being on the program is tonight?
3: Oh, I think probably people are very happy to talk, to have a real Satanist telling them exactly what Satanism really is. I, I would imagine, you know, in my mind, that's the way I would like it to be. They say, uh-huh. oh, what an interesting young woman. Uh-huh. I really enjoy hearing what Satanism really is. And now when I find out that my boss is a Satanist, I won't be freaked out.
0: Uh-huh. That's probably it. All right. Um, well, I would say it's more of a mixture. Uh, for example, oh, my. God, Art, how can you do this? How can you put on this satanic crap? Click, goodbye. That's somebody scared. And then I've got from, let's see, Roman in Indio, California. Absolutely fantastic guest, Art. Very intelligent woman, really enjoying this. So it's either love or hate, Blanche.
3: Yeah, I can see that. People have that reaction to the satanic Bible. You know, Anton LaVey said that people will pick up his book and they'll read it and they'll either say, my god i 've felt this way all my life, but i didn 't know what to call myself i guess i 'm a satanist that 's exactly the way I feel, or they you know throw the book across the room in disgust mm-hmm. you know it 's one way or the other and that 's fine that 's great that 's the way it should be
0: all right so then why not uh, call yourself a humanist and avoid all of this you know everything
3: <laughs> because that wouldn't be the, the, it wouldn 't be addressing the essential problem. Uh, that Satanism calling it Satan Satanism represents you know it's Satanism isn't just atheistic it's anti-theistic mm. um, and it's not just a matter of oh well okay so that works for them okay that's fine well it's not fine um, people who are running our country that are running our world all around the world they most of them are basing their lives on irrationality and muddled mm. thinking and scapegoating And these people are leading us in certain directions, economically, socially, uh, ecologically. And it's going to affect you. One way or another, it's going to affect you. And so Satanists, by nature, choose active opposition. Uh, You need something constructive uh, for your life, not just a denial of something, like atheism.
0: Choose active Uh, opposition. So is it called Satanism only to choose having that opposition
3: i think it's to recognize that that humans i i see satan as as a quintessentially human metaphor mm-hmm. um he's the risk taker he's the underdog he's the one who triumphs uh, even though he's vilified um he's the solitary romantic figure and he, that's it's a human it's humans not not jesus Hanging on the cross and being nice to everybody—it's we've we've fallen from grace, both of us, Satan and humans have fallen from grace because of our self-determination and our pride. And instead of sniveling and and whining, uh, we stumble forward by our own wit and our resourcefulness, and we create whatever life we can with the people that we love and cherish.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there sins in Satanism?
3: Yes, yes, there are actually uh <laughs> strange you should ask that. How about Anton com- came ha- up with it
0: okay, how about commandments Got commandments
3: our, yes our our nine satanic statements written in in published in the satanic bible are our are our are codifying statements codifying I would say
0: so you really sound like a lawyer
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what the what the final- ni- ninth satanic statement is? I think you'll enjoy it
0: I'm listening.
3: Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had, as he's kept it in business all these years.
0: Yeah, well, there is that, isn't there? Um, It is the ultimate threat that keeps everybody in line.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And why do you have to have a loving God that strong arms people into doing good?
0: Well, um, you know, God, I mean, historically uh, has a temper. Right?
3: Well, you know, but he struck okay, you're, you're kid, he's struck you people
0: down, he's destroyed cities. You're a
3: kid and you're getting you're getting sh- shovelled this stuff from your parents, you know? They're telling you about this guy. Where does he live? I don't know. He lives in a cloud somewhere. We've got the space station up there, but they can't see him. Well, he lives more over that way, you know. I don't know what he looks like. And they now, now. And kids are kids are smart. You know, they start asking questions pretty early on, and they they understand when someone's avoiding the truth. And when they start feeling that mommy and daddy are not telling them the truth about this, then they start calling, to, calling into question everything that mommy and daddy tells them. Well,
0: you, you are know. right. If you ask the wrong questions, even in Sunday school, you, you risk uh, ejection.
3: Right. But, but how do you feel about mommy and daddy lying to you?
0: Well, I don't think I blame mommy and daddy, or uh, that I would say they're lying because they probably carry that belief that they're passing on.
3: Well, I I don't see how any child can can get past that. That that's when the trouble comes. That's when you reach adolescence and you start realizing that maybe a lot of what you've been taught is not true, and all of those sacred those sacred values maybe they're not real. And so and when you when you link uh, ethics to the supernatural, that God tells you to do this, not because it's right or wrong, not because essentially it's good for civilization for you to make these decisions, but because some supernatural guy in a, you know, with a long white beard is, is strong-arming you and threatening you if you don't do right, mm. then that's not good for society. You know that's not again. That's not a good structure. That's not a good foundation. It should be because this is what is right for the for the world. This is what this is how we bind together as, as a human as a human race. You know.
0: If the world were to suddenly embrace Satanism, do you think that there would be far less violence, killing, and just as we're seeing so much? For example, people walk into movie theaters and just begin shooting and then take their own life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That kind of stuff. Do you think that Satanism would uh, would calm some of this down? I would hope
3: that people of a satanic mind would be more would mm-hmm. would understand the necessity of getting along with their fellow human animals. Uh, I wake up in the morning and I say I will not kill someone today because I don't want to be killed. You know, I I can tolerate a lot.
0: You you have to remind yourself not to do that. I
3: do. Yes. <laughs> but really, I mean, I, I, think, I think if the world were suddenly, you know, filled with Satanists, which is never, ever going to happen because, again, you know, talking about different parts of the brain, we always have to have the, the you know, 2% who are the leaders or the innovators or the risk takers and the rest of the people that re- really would rather just get along and not think about things mm-hmm. very much. You know, just tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to buy and I'll be comfortable and you tell me what to do and that you know but but the satanists who stand out the creative people the eccentric people the weirdos um i think that they would be better at running things because they would hopefully have actual discussions not ad hominem attacks they would start talking about things not not Pigeonholing them themselves and saying, "Well, I'm a conservative, so I have to vote this way, or hmm. I'm a liberal, so I have to vote that way." And that's a bad person over there. The Koch brothers are awful or evil, or um, the unions are awful or evil because they're in the other camp. And I don't have to listen to anything they have to say. I just have to listen to what my party tells me to to do. Right. And that's that's how we've gotten into the trouble that we that we have All right. is because time. people aren't voting. They aren't voting the issues or the man. They're voting according to their party affiliation. All right. Hold,
0: hold it right there. We're at a break. I'm Art Bell. This is Midnight. Enjoy.
5: Of that
2: last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around. To initiate a dialogue sequence with Art Bell, please coordinate your phalanges and call 1952 225 5278. That's 1952. Call Art. Well, all right. Blanche
0: Barton is my guest. She was the high priestess of their church of Satan. And she is now the chairmistress of the Council of Nine. Uh, Blanche, welcome back. I would like to, um, if you don't mind, circle back. Uh, we sort of went right over it. What are some uh, satanic sins?
3: Ah, satanic sins. The first one you will not be surprised to know. Uh, the first one is stupidity. That's Stupid. the top of the list.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, because humans are, as I say, tend to be very short-sighted and selfish creatures. Uh, i 'm all for selfishness but but when you are so short sighted that you don't see the consequences of of what you 're doing and the long term consequences to the earth and to other humans and the animals uh then that 's just being stupid and uh a
0: lot of and, those sinners out there,
3: yeah, and the second one is pretentiousness okay. empty posturing it's very it 's very irritating um and we you know anton LaVey always had the idea that uh if you're a satanic priest you should be able to take the garbage out you know <laughs> you you have to be able to come up with the goods ultimately and he you know that's what made his philosophy so strong what makes his philosophy so strong because he was a very genuine person whenever he would start he when, when he'd have someone come over a lot of times they'd want to talk about satanism he didn't want to talk about satanism all the time he'd want to talk about old movies or cars or guns or music um, or characters um, and you know people were not disappointed because he was a wonderful rock tour and a fabulous musician so if you were treated to an evening of music with him you'd walk away very happily but but he would he would say these things um, and when he sounded a little bit Pompous or pontifical, or or as he perceived himself to be taking himself too seriously. He'd undercut it with a joke. He had a whole repertoire of jokes, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the books that I I wish he had been able to put together before he passed away, was a book of satanic parables, which would have been all of his favorite jokes.
0: Okay. Um, While we're on that subject, and I want more sins, but while we're on the subject, it now has been 50 years since the Church of Satan began and 20 years since uh, Anton died in 97. So an obvious question is, uh, how's the church doing without Anton?
3: Well, that's a very good question, actually, because we would have no way of knowing. You know, he was the founder. He was the progenitor. Was this just a personality cult, or did he create a philosophy with legs that actually can stand on its own and lead people to greater Greater interesting achievements and and interesting things and and I, I think the answer is that uh, we're doing great. We've got uh, more members all the time. We've got more adherents all the time. We're being productive. We're uh, getting things moving and shaking in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, he he was a very strong leader. Uh,
0: do you I- do you proselytize? I mean, obviously you are doing that in in sense tonight. Uh, but i'm inviting that uh but you don't you don't knock on doors and hand, hand out pamphlets, so how does the word get around
3: well it's you know it's the the tradition of the left hand path is that you have to seek it out. It is a singular path and it's a dangerous path and uh so there are a lot of imitators out there 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 are potholes along the road, but if you're drawn to satanism and you you like the metaphors and you like what what you've heard of Satanism, if you find it intriguing, then, you know, we have the website, churchofsatan.com. It's a portal for all the activities that a lot of Satanists are doing right now around the world. Um, and it's got a lot of materials on there for what Satanism is and isn't. Um,
0: you said so, it was a dangerous path.
3: It is a dangerous path. Why? Yes, it is. Um, because it's a singular path and it will lead you into, uh, It will lead you as close as you can get to madness. Um, What I mean by that is, if you are inculcated with Satan is evil, Satanists are evil all your life, and you step into that world and you're not ready for it, then your your very fear will act against you. Um, You will conjure forth, because the whole idea is that we're conjuring things, we're conjuring, we're focusing on, our energy on what we want to achieve. Uh, But you can undercut yourself. You can actually hurt yourself. And if you're feeling guilty or you're feeling afraid or if there's any residual ill feelings, and this is purely psychological, this isn't magical. This is psychological. When someone is doing something that deep down inside they're conflicted about, you can manifest it physically with pain, aches, headaches, stomach upset, and drawing all kinds of terrible things into your life. So it's not for everybody. As I say, it's a particular vibration that people find brings them joy, happiness, and inspiration. But if you don't find that from Satanism, run away and run away
0: fast. Hmm. You know what a Ouija board is, right? Yes. Okay, I don't think a Ouija board per se is dangerous, but I had a very, very bad experience with one that I will not discuss and never have publicly I think that it is the intent of the users of that board uh, that brings about some of the bad experiences that people have had. What do you think?
3: I'd say you're definitely on the right track with that. Mm. I would also say that, as, as I was trying to explain, if you have any residual doubts or fears or guilt that 's a good medium for those things to to open up to you and start attacking you, but again, not from something outside you're conjuring it for yourself.
0: Well, now be careful. Um, yes, perhaps you are conjuring it, but uh, you, you at the same time admit there is something outside.
3: I admit that <laughs> we, that we create conduits oh. for our own achievements and, and cre- creating our own goals as we, as we move through life, magically, yes.
0: All right. Um, Some more sins. We've got two, stupidity, pretentiousness.
3: The third is solipsism. That means expecting everybody else to be like you are. Um, You're a moral person, an ethical person. Mm -hmm. You have certain values. Um, You're vulnerable to somebody that comes along and tries to steal your money because he doesn't have the same values. But he might give you a wonderful line to try to convince you to part with your goods. So you have to be on guard. Um, that's the essence of, of solipsism. Okay. You have to be constantly vi- vigilant and, and look through illusions that people are trying to, you know. It's, a, it's very Machiavellian.
0: Good, good advice, though. Uh, any, anything else that would catch our attention?
3: Uh, let's see. Uh, self-deceit. <laughs> um, herd conformity. Uh then and the last one is lack of aesthetics. You know, that's huh. just a terrible sin.
0: La- la- lack of aesthetics. Yes. Meaning?
3: That's right. Well, it's it's part it's part of lesser magic really. It's a it's um it's a way of applying aesthetics. Uh and again, it does evoke a certain magic.
2: Night in the desert spans the world. To call us from outside the U.S. and Canada only, use Skype with a headset mic, if on a computer, and call MITD 55. That's MITD 55. It is. I'm Art Bell.
0: And with me tonight is Blanche Barton. And it is evoking many uh, comments, that's for sure. Uh, Blanche was the high priestess of the Church of Satan. She is the chairmistress of the Council of Of nine, and we have been discussing uh, Satanism. It may well be that your view of Satanism or what you thought you were going to hear tonight is not what you're hearing tonight. You may be surprised pleasantly, or you may be scared. It's hard to say. I think there's a a lot of both out there, frankly. Um, Blanche, have you ever regretted being a Satanist?
3: Not one moment. I've I've enjoyed every minute of it. You know, and, and that's an interesting thing talking about 50 years of the Church of Satan. Um and one of the questions is does it act as a religion should? Does it help you guide your life to um, prosperity and happiness? Does it does it help you work within a community? Is it just, you know, put on black clothes, listen to heavy metal music, Marilyn Manson and piss off your parents or something? Or is it something that can actually lead you through Getting a job, going to school, um, having children, raising children, um, deaths, births—yes, um, it does, and it's it's a it's a foundation for a lot of people who have been lifelong Satanists now. And the most gratifying thing that that happens to me sometimes now, and I'm I'm humbled by it, is when people come up to me and they say, you know, Miss Barton, I've read your books. Uh, I was a teenager, I was being rebellious. I went to Satanism, and I found out what it really was hmm. and it really changed my life and now i 'm a successful attorney or you know video producer or you know whatever they 're doing with their lives but they 've made a life for themselves they 're married they 're not married, they have children you know they 're happy and that's that 's very gratifying
0: all right. Are you ready to talk to the public?
3: Oh, absolutely! Any time.
0: Should be an interesting experience. All right. Uh, on Skype is Matt. Hello, Matt. Uh, you're you're on the air with Blanche Barton. well.: Vegas. Okay, back away from your mic a little. You're too loud. Is that better? A little better, yes. Thank you.
6: Okay. Um. Well, Art, I have to say, tonight's show is very controversial, which makes for excellent radio.
0: Well, look, I'm not afraid of anything. I'll I'll talk about anything that's interesting, and this clearly is so. All right. um, Well, Blanche, first of
6: all, I'd like to say I greatly admire your conviction to your beliefs. Obviously, it requires a lot of bravery and a tough skin.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt.
6: Um, Well, there are two topics I'd like to bring into the conversation. Um, Number one a little thought experiment hypothetically if there was an evil cosmic entity not necessarily the devil per se but let's say um in the very nature of the cosmos there is a being that is pure evil would it not be that the best way for it to gain followers and, and supporters to do its will to convince its supporters that what they're doing is actually for themselves if that makes sense it
0: does
3: yeah i see i see where you're coming from and you're not the first person that has presented that that idea you know that the devil is ultimately you know the liar so you can't believe anything he says but uh again i use it as a as a metaphor for life i use it as a as a uh, representative of liberty. And, uh, if there was an evil, an absolute evil entity, and you could bring me proof that there was such an evil entity that was somehow fogging my mind, uh, then that would be a very valuable thing to do. Um, but maybe this, maybe this creature that you're talking about, um, you know, it, it could be God, just the same. You know, it could be someone like God who's who's uh, got, got these people under their control, under his control, and uh, these these humans are giving me all these all this energy. And I make them worship me and it doesn't matter to them. I've got it worked so that there's this other guy that I blame all the bad stuff on. And if they worship me and they give me energy, then I get stronger. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if I kill lots of kids or make people hate each other or kill lots of animals. They'll still love me. So, you know, I mean, it's, I understand where you're coming from, but, you know, it's a thought experiment that doesn't go very far for me.
6: Okay, that's a fair answer and um you also you you expressed that you admired cultural and industrial trailblazers, right oh yes, um, okay, well, you might know that many businesses, like for example Apple you know in um in California, they're practicing mindfulness and meditation, which is principles of Eastern religions belief systems that mm-hmm. promote separation from the ego now it, it seems that your beliefs are sort of contrasting that that, that it's um it's self worship and i guess reinforcement of the ego mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. exactly a lot of like, attachment um, going
3: on here
0: <laughs> hmm? a lot well, of attachment going on she said
6: Oh. Um, well um there are, you know, there is evidence that meditation and mindfulness can increase productivity. And well, what are your? Um, do you believe in karma? Do you believe in reincarnation? Is there,
0: is there even the possibility of such things? That's that's a lot. Karma. Uh, I would suspect so. But let's ask. Do you believe in karma?
3: Well, I I hope that there are consequences. I I think that the way we have we perceive it is um you're asking for the consequences that you get out of life you conjure forth what you get um so yeah there are definitely consequences for the actions that you take as far as getting back to your idea about meditation and consciousness yeah. um yes definitely strengthening your own mind strengthening your body being able to use yoga and and um strengthening your the energies that flow through us I personally am, am a, a great follower of that and I think a lot of Satanists are uh that we're bioelectrical beings and if we can if we can concentrate that again that's what magic is about is is concentrating our energies aligning our our um, ourselves with our with our true core and being able to release uh, bring in energy from around us and release it appropriately
0: okay well if, if so as I've listened to the interview, uh, you, you think there is something to karma, but if there isn't, there is a spell that will take care of it, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we take care of that. <laughs> yeah, all right. we're, we're sort of the cleanup team.
0: you <laughs> also asked about reincarnation.
3: I have, again, I, my, my mind is open. To reincarnation, quite frankly, really? because personally really, I have had really. some interesting experiences along those lines. Like you with the Ouija board, I don't need to go into them. Um, but I, my mind is open to a lot of things. You know, like Lewis Carroll said, uh, I try to believe three unbelievable things before breakfast. You know.
0: Wow, your mind is open to reincarnation. That's a path unto itself. All right, here's something Donnie sends on the computer. Donnie and Sedalia ask your guest about Anton LaVey's deathbed confession and accepting Jesus Christ on his deathbed. It's all over YouTube and the Internet. So if the Church of Satan, if this is true, the Church of Satan is bunk.
3: Well, there you go. Uh, I am here to tell you that I was present in those final moments, and there was no deathbed Confession. There was no hallelujah, I see, I see it all now. There mm. was no, oh, my God, please forgive me. Uh, he had become more determined and more committed to his philosophy as he grew older because he saw the way that the world was going, and he knew that he needed to be a voice for, um, for that.
0: Okay. So. Uh, Terry, somewhere out there, uh, you're on the air with Blanche. Where are you?
7: Hello. Can you hear me?
0: I hear you. Where are you?
7: I'm uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: Uh, no, you're on the wrong line then. That's our international uh, line, my friend. I uh,
7: did uh, Skype.
0: Right. I'm very sorry. Uh, you'll have to give us a call at MITD51, MITD51 for North, North America. You are on 5-5. Uh, let's try Lewis uh, on North American Skype. Hello, Lewis.
5: Uh, good evening. My
0: questions are not judgmental but just factual. Is is the Church of Satan rec- rec- uh, recognized by the federal government for attack exemption? And I'm curious if if they're convicted of a crime and they're put in prison. Do they get any special treatment? And finally, would she call herself a witch? I missed that if she said so. Those well, are my that's questions. That's a lot of questions. Hold on. Don't go away. Sure. Let's get yeah. answers.
3: Okay, the first question yes, we are recognized as a religious entity by the United States government. We're included in the chaplain's guide to military, uh, to to chaplains uh, servicing military people, uh, and that's updated periodically. Uh, However, we do not take advantage of our tax exempt status because one of our premises, vital premises, is that all churches should be taxed uh, appropriately like any other business. So, uh, as as an ethical point, we do pay taxes. Hmm. Uh, The second question was... In in
8: some sense, it's probably answered by the first. That is, if necessary, if you were put in jail, for example, you would get special treatment in terms of accommodating your practices. It sounds like
7: if you're in the first you're probably in the second I don't know that we, is a fact you know,
3: we do we do have mm. uh, prisoners who contact us who say they're having trouble getting materials and uh, they do try to provide you know it depends on the chaplain at the particular prison and the administrators of the particular prison some of them are very open uh, they do have they should have the right to practice Satanism at least get together with fellow Satanists and and have their materials and perhaps rituals within the confines of the of the requirements of the prison you know mm. they can't have daggers and they can't have firearms they can't have candles or, or <laughs> certain things. But you know, just getting together to read the satanic Bible. Usually most most prisons are, are very accommodating. And yes I would call myself a witch. I do. Well,
0: well thank you for answering my questions. Thank you, Mr. Sure. Bell. Thank right, you, sure. Uh thank you very much for the call. I, I appreciate it. We have so many. Let's go to uh way back to West in Virginia. Nebraska in jail. Hello.
1: Uh yes.
0: You're on the air, sir.
1: Um, Art, you know, we've been talking about a lot of positive things about uh, Satanism, but uh, let's talk about satanic ritual abuse for a second.
0: Okay, let's.
1: Um, in the 80s, especially, there was a lot of cases dealing, you know, the, we mentioned the government related daycares and the military bases, and daycares. There was a lot of children that came out of there with STDs. And we were talking about the uh, military, and, uh, you know, while we're talking about Satanism, while we're talking about the military, let's bring up, uh, you
0: know... Well, all right, let's uh, deal with one at a time, one at a time, all right? Uh, Satanic uh, ritual abuse of children. Um, That was addressed earlier, but Blanche, go ahead
3: yes uh the the mcmartin preschool case i believe one of the cases that he's referring to was one of the most expensive and perhaps to date still the most expensive and extensive uh court case in california history a lot of uh accusations were thrown around uh including uh that the, that the kids were moved during during the the rituals that that there were uh that some of them uh, said they'd been put naked uh into a a cage with a lion and uh, Chuck Norris was identified as as one of their molesters. They said uh, that that they had their faces smeared with feces and blood and urine and that they'd seen babies cooked and eaten and uh, backhoes were brought in, heavy machinery was brought in. All of this was supposed to have taken place in tunnels beneath the preschool by the people that were running the preschool. No tunnels were found, no lions were found. The most damning evidence that was found was uh toy rabbit ears and and a candle and uh it uh, i know that there was a lot of hysteria uh, Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of people going on shows to get attention Mm
1: -hmm. um but i mean i I remember this sir
0: don't you i mean come on
1: oh yeah of course yeah but you know i want to go deeper than that let's go deeper um there's a you know let's i mean i've i've studied a lot into occultism. there is power and um you know even going back to uh you know that's why anal sex anal there right, there
0: is, there no is power sex. in what there is power in what
1: There's abuse power in the blood yeah the blood of children the blood of ritual human sacrifice let's find out and, let's find and, out and can't believe there hold
0: on hold on hold on let's find out thank you for the call um that's a pretty key point, I think, to address. He's saying there is power in abuse or in sacrifices or in... What about it, Blanche? Is there anything uh, to it?
3: Well, this, again, was addressed uh, quite keenly in the Satanic Bible. And I think it it was a reaction to what Anton LaVey found with practitioners or at least legends about practitioners of magic up until that point and he was disgusted by the idea that someone would take an innocent animal, even Alistair Crowley talked about animal sacrifice and that someone would take an innocent animal and shed its blood to try to get some kind of power from that animal when the truth of the matter is it's a substitute for a good orgasm. If you don't, if you can't go into the ritual chamber and and have a good orgasm, work yourself up into a real frenzy and Let go of all that energy. Let go of of all your inhibitions and and, uh, become a real human being in the ritual chamber. You have no business trying to to perform magic at all.
0: Okay. Straight on. So that was all ridiculous.
3: Well, it was proven by the FBI to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of uh, police... uh, Cops for Christ is what what they were termed who had these seminars that they were selling to various police forces around the country uh, to try to gain money from them. Uh, There were also a lot of counselors, religious or otherwise, that were getting a lot of money. And there were the, the talk show people who needed eccentric people to go on their shows and make a good controversial story. So everyone was gaining except the real Satanists, you know, who, who would try to go on these shows to to get another word in edgewise. They, they didn't give me the kind of time that you've been kind enough to give me, Mr. Bell. When we would get on, if we would even get on to tell what Satanism was really about, we'd get maybe two sentences, and the rest of the show would all be about baby breeders or <laughs> or uh, a lot of insanity. Yeah. So we didn't. We didn't fit the paradigm. And then they tried to. As a, as a defense for that, they said, well, you know, they didn't want to get sued by us, so they'd say, well, we're not talking about you. We're talking about bad Satanists. We're talking about traditional Satanists. Or They, they tried to make, make it into categories, and Anton LaVey said, no, there are Satanists, and then there are nuts, just like there are Christians, and then there are nuts. You know, you can use the Easter bunny. You can use Jesus. You can use Buddha to justify whatever crimes you want, but that doesn't mean that you're actually following that religious philosophy.
0: All right. Very quickly, Leonard on Skype. You're on the air with Blanche.
5: Yeah, yeah I called. I called to disagree with Blanche. He says, says that she says that God makes you uh, uh, do what He wants or do it well. No, you got God gives you freedom, a choice. You you can make your own choice. God doesn't force you to uh, do what He wants you to do.
3: Well, He threatens you. No, he, he threatens that. you with eternal damnation and fi- a fiery pit if you don't follow the rules, right? He doesn't. Oh, he
0: doesn't. Uh, actually, he does.
4: I- I've yeah, heard, he I've heard the really wrong uh, stories you, then.
5: Satan is that makes you do, uh, do things. That's the that makes you do things.
0: Uh, well, uh, so in other it, words, anything you do that's bad, you can just sort of slough that off on Satan. Um
3: And that's the problem with scapegoating. That's the essence of what we're trying to get across here is that when you scapegoat people like some people are doing in the Middle East right now, then you can go do whatever you want to them and they don't deserve your empathy. They don't deserve your sympathy because they are unclean and they are demonic and they are possessed and they are evil. So you can hurt them, and you can demonize them, and you can scapegoat them, and do whatever you want to them because they are the others. That's very dangerous thinking. It's not an us versus them. I'm a human being, you're a human being, Leonard, and we all have foibles, we all have faults, we all have strengths, and we have to get together to find out how to get get, how, how to solve problems.
0: All right. Good. Hold it right there. We'll be right back. I'm Art Bell. This is Midnight in the Desert.
2: At the speed of light in the darkness, this is Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell. Now, here's Art. Coming to you indeed at the speed of light. Listen very quickly. Let me give the numbers,
0: even though everything's full. The public number is 952-225-5278. 952-225-5278. The Skype doorways are in North America, Canada, America, MITD51. M-I-T-D-5-1 outside of North America M-I-T-D-5-5 that's M-I-T-D-5-5 Blanche Barton is my guest and uh, she is was rather the high priestess of the Church of Satan and is the chair mistress of the Council of Nine uh, welcome back a couple of computer messages for you um, Dan says she dodged the question it was about harming children not animals. Blanche?
3: Again, it's addressed in the Satanic Bible very clearly, and I think I've said earlier in this interview that we value children as our guides. Uh, they're the closest to their natural state. Uh, they they haven't been inculcated with adults' uh, guilts and uh, all the things that uh, that children are are saddled with from a very early age in contemporary society uh, I love to interact with children and, and we would not harm a children and any children and as, as a, that's very clearly stated in the Satanic Bible.
0: All right, thank you for that clarification. Calvin asks or says hi art your guest is very well spoken and charming. Would you like to comment on the Church of Satan trying to sue the state of Oklahoma to put up a statue at the Capitol? It seemed to me to be an attack on Christianity.
3: Uh, that is not the Church of Satan. That is an unaffiliated small group, uh, that we consider rather laughable. Uh, they, they came off, uh, as sort of street performers. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to put some kind of, uh, wedge between, um, they're trying to create Controversy regarding uh, the church and state, like if they try to put this statue in, then that 'll force other people out of the public square. <laughs> the true satanic posture, as articulated very well by our high, high priest, is that we believe in the founding father 's vision of separation of, of church, church and state, state. And yes. not having any any Buddhist or Hindu or satanic or Wiccan or Christian uh association because it's very dangerous it when church and state are working in concert you know then you've got the civil aspects and you've got the magical aspects of the boogeymen that are going to hurt you if you don't do right and our founding fathers were as close as they could be to deists most of the the ones who um were the real movers and shakers uh you know uh Thomas Jefferson and, uh, Paine, uh, they were deists and they didn't believe in a God having real effect in your, in your life. Of course, in those days you had to posture, uh, toward Christianity a lot, but they were, you know, they were free thinkers. I, I think that, uh, America is a, uh, quintessentially, uh, satanic country. You know, we, we grew right out of the scientific revolution and, and the Enlightenment and, uh, you know, people like James Madison, John, John Adams, that's a whole different conversation. But um,
0: Nevertheless, the Founding yeah. Fathers saw the danger of mixing it and and uh, wrote it Precisely. out. Precisely. Okay, Cherry, uh, somewhere or another, you're on the air with Blanche Barton.
7: Hello. Hello. I'm from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Um, and I wanted to say it's an honor to talk to both of you. Thank you. I became a member of the Church of Satan in the early 1990s and, You know, I was brought up going to Southern Baptist Church and the youth groups, and they pounded, you know, the Satanic Bible is the ultimate, you know, evil book and all this. So eventually I read the Satanic Bible, and it was like getting cold water, you know, thrown in your face. It was like it's just reason and logic and open-mindedness when it comes into the areas of the supernatural and magic. And so that's kind of what my... Take was I became a member. I knew they weren't going to pound down my door and have me go to meetings and all this, just out of respect for the logic that was put down and, and given, you know, to where I saw my ideals on page, and it was like awesome.
0: Nobody but, pounded uh, down your door, I, I take it. No. Nah,
7: nah. I have two questions, real quick. Uh, one for the Blanche. Uh, have you are you familiar with uh, the uh, studies on the pineal gland in the human brain? like, essentially the third eye and, like, DMT, the release of DMT and how that kind of, I believe, goes in with magic and all that. And then uh, also in your personal magical experiences, do you, like, for me, sometimes, you know, I feel real strong and then it's like the, I feel weak sometimes in magical nature. And I don't think it's, like, because I'm physically sick or I'm going through emotional stress, just, like, those waves of power Power and energy like do you ha- have you had that experience that
0: that's all all right number two first, then we'll hit dmt Blanche?
3: yes, uh, things do come in waves, uh, I think the wave has been proven to be Essential to the Earth in general, there's a waxing and a waning uh, that humans are also aligned with, and within your own magical practice, it's very, it's very probable that some days, you know, and and again, this has been measured scientifically. Some days you feel alert and on top of things and right on top of your game, and then other days you just feel sort of dissipated and 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 not really con- concentrating. So yes, and I have heard about you know the pineal gland and and how that's. Uh, it's a, it's a known chakra. there, are very powerful ones. So, you know, there, there have been a lot of people uh, throughout the millennia who have talked about the third eye and its importance to, to magic and meditation.
0: Okay. Um, drugs and Satanism. Uh, he mentioned DMT. Uh, there are many who feel that drugs open the mind in, in a way, and, and surely they do. Uh, what do you think? What does the church well, think?
3: I I can only refer back again to Anton LaVey. (laughs) Of course, he started the Church of Satan in in the um, 60s in San Francisco. You know, 1966, the summer of love, there were people dropping acid all over the place and there were people that were pointing uh, to acid as a a method, a gateway to wonderful enlightenment and concentration and new worlds and new achievements. And uh, he had a hard and fast rule that he did not allow, allow people that were drunk or high in the ritual chamber, really? uh, because things could be very misconstrued, people could become violent, they could become distracted and distracting, and he felt that, you know, that was not, that was not the way to perform magic, that you need to be concentrated, you need to be clear on your intent and what you're doing in the ritual chamber. So, I suppose there are plenty of people that use recreational drugs, but, uh, Again, we if you're doing it illegally, then you, you have to suffer the consequences if you get caught. Hmm. Um, and if we know about it, then you'll probably get kicked out of the organization.
0: My goodness. All right. Uh, let's go to Calgary, Alberta on the phone. Hello. Going, wait a minute. Hey, I, I didn't press the right button. Calgary, Alberta. Hello. Hello, yes. Hi, you're on the air.
9: Hi, uh, this is Nick from Calgary. Um, I know you're probably super tired of feeling questions about satanic ritual abuse, but I have one from kind of a weird angle. That's okay? Let's hear sure. it. Okay. Um, in the wake of the death of uh, Jimmy Savile, this uh, British uh, TV presenter and entertainer, it's come out that in Britain, at least, there actually was. A massive pedophile conspiracy in the 1980s and late 70s, but it wasn't Satanists.
0: Well God, Heaven now. knows there's there's pedophiles all over the world, sir. But
9: yeah, yeah, but it's um it's conservatives, and at this point, the investigation has gone so far as to implicate the former prime ministers.
0: And your point is?
9: Uh, well, my point is, it's. My question is how do you respond to you know the moral hypocrisy because again these are the same people who wanted to ban gay people from teaching who wanted to exclude uh, non-christian religions uh you know from uh public venues and at the same time there it's now coming out that
0: this alleged bizarre, that, yes uh, how, well there's alleged, hypocrisy all over the world, i mean my goodness it's it it's just it
9: i'm sure there's any comment on you know um the fact that again, these are you know the squarest of the squares, these are
0: yeah yeah um, there there's no end to the height of hypocrisy i i don't know how else to put it <laughs>
3: well when when he started talking about a massive pedophile ring. Uh, I thought he was talking about the events in the Catholic Church, and i and 'm I'm, I'm not kidding because oh. you know they were moved around and protected, God. and that was a, that was a terrible uh, breach of trust
0: that 's undeniable absolutely church. undeniable i, I don 't know how but, the church but, ultimately is going to deal with it but um... right
3: but that, but the, i don 't i mean i won 't give it a cheap shot i mean it was terrible it was a, it was an awful thing, but i don 't then equate you know all of christianity with pe- with pedophiles you know these were individuals that unfortunately were protected by a structure that didn't want the embarrassment and they, a lot of children suffered abominably because of they wanted to protect their structure but they've had to look at that now and they've had to to own up to it and and act appropriately um, as for you know the the conservatives uh a pedophile ring uh I would, I would have to know the specifics. I know they would have to... I don't think that it's associated with Satanism, is it?
0: No. No, no, no. No. That right. isn't what he was saying. Uh, and I was saying there's no way... he was talking about conservatives and then uh, some of them being outed as pedophiles and there is no end to that kind of hypocrisy. Uh, right. Let's go to and, Skype. And of
3: course we're against hypocrisy. That's one of the reasons that the Church of Satan was founded, because of that hypocrisy.
0: Helix Angel, is that right, on Skype?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so actually, my name is Paula. Okay, I'm from Los California.
0: Okay, well, that's I what's on your Skype. That's all I can do is call you by what's yeah. on Skype.
3: Okay, thank you. Um, I have a question. Thank you for your enlightening discussion tonight. Sure. I'm actually interested in that, and in that I do have a question though. Why do you consider I have a number of friends at Wiccans, and why do you consider them to not practice magic properly? Well, if if they're practicing magic and they're <clears throat> and it's working for them, my only beef with Wiccans—well, two beefs really—is one, uh, they worship a horned god, and if you're worshiping a horned god, I don't see why you don't just call it Satan. You know, I mean, you can call it Pan, you True. can call it Lucifer because it's more comfortable for you, but you know, just grow a pear and and call it Satan. You know. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, I'm just asking this because I'm like. I was talking to my one of them at the moment and it was like I just say that. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you. And um, <laughs> the 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 other point is that during the satanic panic, uh mm-hmm. a lot of wiccans were asked, you know, well what about Satanists, you know, what do they do they do bad things? Or or they were they were attacked, they were thrown into the same same boiling pot of water with Satanists in these accusations. And instead of coming forward and saying, Yes, I'm a Wiccan, um, I've read about Satanism, I know Satanists, uh, and they don't do bad things, instead a lot of them actually crawled on the bandwagon to protect themselves and said, oh, we're good witches, but those people over there, I don't know what they're doing. So, I was there front and no center good to is that. Evil. That was a there long no time ago, evil. granted. But, but there's yeah. still a, an essence of us versus them, good versus evil in there. You know, whereas I say, you know, don't don't put yourself in a protective circle. Invite mm-hmm. your demons in. You know, own what you are as a human being. And <laughs> and
0: deal with that.
3: All right. Hi, thank you.
0: All right, you're very welcome. Thank Thank you you for calling. Interesting, very interesting, actually. Uh, Going to, I think, Allentown on the phone. Hi.
10: Hi, it's uh, Johnny from Pennsylvania, yep. Yes, sir. Uh, Am I on the air?
0: Oh, you certainly are.
10: I apologize. Um, Yeah, uh, I have one question and a... a, uh, Hi, Blanche. Uh, Hi. I have a question and a... uh, and uh, I, an example. So the question is: You talk a lot about uh, you know the hu- human intelligence and how we're the better, smarter animals now. Um, we're the more vicious animals, and the, the next step of evolution. That's why we're at the top of the chain. So the question is: Can you conceive of an intelligence greater than man's intelligence that would require man to have faith? And the example that I would use is uh, Abraham from the Bible who waited 100 years to have his son. And then when he has a son, God tells him, take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him, which seems crazy to us. I mean, I would, God would have a really hard time with that. And then, but then if you look at it 2,000 years later, God allows his own son to be sacrificed for a greater cause. So can you, can you see that that's possible? Not necessarily right or wrong, just that there might be something
0: no well, god did did request that or order that as a as a proof of faith, right
10: yeah it's faith this is really faith against intelligence. Mm-hmm. Faith seems irrational and it's always going to, but that doesn't mean it is that doesn't mean it's wrong. you see what i'm saying
3: yes i I get your point uh the first I'd like to address is the idea that I feel that humans are top of the food chain and more highly evolved than other animals. I think the point that I was trying to make and with, that Anton Levey has made with the, nine Satan- the, the seventh satanic statement that I read is that because we quote-unquote feel that we are so divine and spiritual and intellectual, um, we have become the most vicious animal of all, meaning that other animals are being the best animals that that they are being. They're, you know, humans don't always live up to their potential. They throw a lot of uh, log jams in their own way. They, you know, they're more afraid of their own success than they are of their own failure. Hmm. Uh but humans like despite a simple spider or a bird, they're out there doing their birdie little things. They're doing the best they possibly can and they use every resource that they can. They they go toward pleasure, they avoid pain and they do it in the most efficient manner they can, which is what Biologists uh, define life as is, you know, those three elements. And so, don't get me, don't think that I'm saying that humans are so superb and wonderful compared to other animals, because I truly don't. Um, And but getting to your point with faith, uh, as a Satanist, I feel that faith is is the ultimate betrayal of all we are as humans. You know, I understand your point about sort of giving yourself over to a greater power and trusting in that power, but I can't do that. I can't relinquish that. If I do that, if I give up my independence, my discernment, if I give up the ability to question things scientifically and challenge everything, um, I've given up everything that that we've evolved to be over the last you know few million years.
10: And I can certainly understand that, especially now in this day and age. We have, when I mean, we we know so much as humans, we have, and we're if uh, if uh, certain v- visions of reality can be believed, we have plunged into materialism mm-hmm. and are cut off from what we used to be able to see as spirit. So right,
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to do this, caller, but I'm I'm way short on time, and and you can respond to that when we get back. But we've got to take a uh, very brief break, so. Blanche, uh, hold on. What What a show, is what I would say. What a program. I suspect not what you thought it would be. Blanche, Barton is my guest. I'm Art Bell.
2: To take a ride? Your conductor Art Bell will punch your ticket when you call one call Art. That's one 5278
0: Alright, well I think we should all um, have a moment of silence. Tonight's show has got to be pretty serious evidence that J.C. has passed away. If not, you know, he certainly would have been here. He's uh, been absent from his uh, Facebook page uh, since early, well, before mid-July, uh, and so just a moment of silence for he who would have been here if he could have been. And with that, uh, back to uh, Blanche Barton. And Blanche, uh, I held this caller over because I don't think he was finishing his thought. Uh, caller?
10: Uh, yeah, it just was. I was saying we plunged into materialism. It's very difficult now without prophets and and things like that, real prophets, to to show us what God's really saying to to have any kind of faith because and really all we have left is the light of, of human reason. You know, um, Albert Pike talks about it in in his Freemasonic writings as as something we don't need to have superstition about or or faith and that's absolutely true. We don't, but it's not for me. It's not enough and and I guess the real question is I think the question goes out to everybody. Do you believe in your own intellect or man's intellect, or do you believe in God or faith or whatever you are, Christ, whatever you want to call it? I think there's something greater than man. It's hard for me to imagine that there's not.
0: Blanche, uh, you want to comment?
3: Well, uh, I'm a big advocate of materialism. Uh, what we can see, what we can feel, the human body, the human brain, our emotions. The, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the in this in the sins, and I try to practice at least one a day, lust and gluttony, are two of my favorites. Hmm. Um, but not to be flippant, I understand. He seems like a very sincere man, uh, Johnny, and and I, I feel that there is a lot of materialism going on in the world as well, and it, and we're sacrificing. Happiness um, in a certain way because of it. And recently, I I was at a conclave, a gathering in Washington D.C. of of Satanists at the end of April, and I gave a little little talk. And one of the one of the things it was a wonderful gathering with with terrific people there from. Many different professions and and it was great to be in a in a room full of people that you you know don 't have to explain your basic thoughts to um, who are all attuned with what we were thinking, um, but there is a difference between greed and satisfaction, and what we 're doing to the earth is is a consequence of unbridled greed and not looking down the road to um, to see the consequences of what we're doing. And that is a real problem. But again, that, that doesn't come from somebody, Satan, or some demons or some god whispering in my ear. That comes from looking around and seeing what's happening to our planet and crying about it. I mean and wanting to do something about
0: it. So All right. Um, Trey in Atlanta, Georgia, I think. Hi. Hey Art, how are you doing? Very well. Thank you. I wanted to first extend our love to Ann and Whitley. Oh uh, yes. Very sad. And, Blanche, it's an honor to speak with you. Thank you. I was curious. Uh, I had just watched uh, Devil's Reign that Anton had been in.
3: Yes. And I was Classic. wondering if you
0: could tell us about his experiences with Ken Anger and Hollywood.
3: Yes, he had a, a wonderful relationship with Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger was, a, uh, again, uh, in the 60s San Francisco scene very much, and he's an innovative uh filmmaker. Uh, he he did. Uh, he used techniques that were, sort of, I guess, in the psychedelic realm. But mm-hmm. uh, they're very effective films, and and I know he has a lot of fans to this day. He he influenced a lot of small films, uh, and they were they were very good friends. I think he's sort of drifted away since uh, Dr. LeVay has passed. He's gone in other directions. Um, but yes they were they were very good friends for for a long time. um The Devil's Reign was a wonderful set to work on uh Dr LeVay said he had a wonderful time uh william shatner john travolta the director was was a great director um they were in Mexico filming and he did lots of interviews with people who who were interested in his philosophy and uh yes uh, Ida Lupino was also on that cast wow. and uh yeah, he, he made some good friends, and they had a, a a whopping good time.
0: I would also point out, we had just coincidentally watched uh, Paradise Lost, the childhood murders at Robin Hood Hills tonight. Mm. And for all the satanic panic people that still don't get how bad this paranoia was, watch that movie and realize what this madness caused and how it's ruined lives.
3: A lot of pain, and, and one one element of it also that I didn't bring up is the separation. I mean, it's hard enough for teenage kids to talk to their parents and parents to talk to their kids, but when you've got this film between you of people from your church or people in authority telling you to look for your children, see if they're wearing black clothes or if they're uh, <laughs> playing Dungeons and Dragons or if they have stained glass or if they're spending too much time alone, they may be dabbling in Satanism, and this may be leading them to criminal activities, how can you possibly communicate with your child when you 're burning the records that is that are giving him strength and inspiration? so it did cause a lot of pain for a lot of people, a lot of wounds there
0: well, thank you both it's been an honor
3: yeah, right. thank you Trey
0: thank you very much uh, very, very interesting. A lot of actually uh, very interesting callers tonight, and I hate to do this, but we're (laughs) we're coming up on another break, so uh, relax for a few moments. We'll come back and take a final full set of calls. My guest is Blanche Barton. She is uh, high priestess, or was, of the Church of Satan, and is now chairmistress of the Council of Nine.
2: Night in the desert, exclusively on the Dark Matter Digital Network with Art Bell. Invite you to call now 1952. Call Art. That's one nine five two 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 five fifty-two seventy-eight. I think it's the uh job of long form talk radio to examine things that
0: well, frankly, you didn't know about, and I think tonight is a perfect example of that. Alana from uh well, it doesn't say where she's from, actually. Uh, through the wormhole asks um, please ask Blanche if there are any satanic holidays, and what do they celebrate and how
3: that 's a great question actually. I should have brought that up myself, true to our to our egotistic philosophy the Our favorite holiday of the year is of course my own birthday. Uh, that's what I celebrate, and all my friends <laughs> celebrate it and tell me how wonderful I am and <laughs> and give me lots of support. Uh, after that, we have Walpurgisnacht, which is a traditional magical night. Uh, a lot of important things have happened on Walpurgisnacht, including the founding of the uh, Church of Satan in 1966. And then after that, we we like to celebrate. Uh, depending on you know what your particular likes and dislikes are, but most of us acknowledge at least the equinoxes and the solstices mm-hmm. and uh, other dates that are that are particularly important to us, whatever our context is. Uh, on this we most like
0: on this most important holiday for you, do you go out and buy yourself something really cool and expensive?
3: Absolutely.
0: Yes. <laughs> <All> <laughs> and right. usually very tasty. Yeah. John, you're on with Blanche. Hi. Great. Hello Art and hello. hello Blanche. How are you guys doing? Fine. Good. Great. Okay, uh, Blanche. I wanted to ask you uh, that my understanding was that uh, after the passing of uh, Anton Levay, that there was a kind of a schism in the Church of Satan between like Michael Aquino and uh, Anton Levay's daughters,
7: uh, Zena and the other girl. And I was wondering if you could tell me give me some information on that and, and maybe tell me if you if you yourself were
0: involved or if you knew anything about how, how the whole thing uh played out. Okay. Was there a schism?
3: No. There wasn't any schism. Uh, That's sort of one of those uh, ideas, I guess, like Anton LaVey's deathbed confession or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really rather uneventful. I'd been acting in the capacity of high priestess. I took over as high priestess. Uh, I continued the philosophy until I passed the reins to Peter Gilmore, who is our present high priest and doing a, a wonderful job of that. He has published a wonderful collection of essays called The Satanic Scriptures. And I would, for further information about Satanism, I would definitely point people in that direction. And Peggy Nadramia is our high priestess. Um, I think one of the keys to our survival uh after Dr. LeVay passed away has been the continuity that we've had. The people that are behind the organization that are, that are articulating and clarifying his philosophy are absolutely in concert and have a deep and, and abiding understanding of all the aspects of what he put together in, in the philosophy of Satanism. You know, As I say, both the rational and the poetic sides and the carny sides and the, and the uh, robust uh, uh, black
5: capes and black candles side.
0: Okay. Uh, going to the phones, you're on the air uh, with Blanche. Hi.
5: Hi, Art. Uh, hi, Blanche. Uh, my name is Dean, and i am a been in San Francisco my whole life, and I lived out in the Avenue, so I knew about the house out there, the black house out on California Street. Uh, Blanche, I, the last caller kind of touched on what I was going to talk about, um, Uh, The the 60s, from what I see, you're a little bit younger than me. And in the 60s, I was about 19 or 20 in the late 60s. And uh, there were so many charismatic people like Anton. Uh, There's no doubt that he had a big ego. There's no doubt that he uh, drew a lot of people around him. I picked up hitchhiking a couple of uh, uh, Satanists up on Mount Tam one time whose car had broken down. So I guess my question is, um, you know, I know Carla. Carla. Uh, not super well, but I dated her back when we were both 19, and, and I begged to differ. I, I heard that there was quite of a schism. Uh, the house ended up being boarded up. Uh, why, all the, If there's so much power in Satanism, why all this bad blood, and why, uh, you know, why are you guys fighting among each other, and why uh, did everything go south?
3: Uh, well, I, as I, as I say, I don't believe it did go south. I, 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 believe I've been trying to explain that we are alive and well and, and that we're continuing to move forward in our philosophy. Uh, Carla car, and Zena, neither difficult. one were involved directly with the administrative side of the organization, uh, at the time of their father's death. Zena had, if you want to get into the messy details of it Uh, it's not messy on my part but it's rather embarrassing for her that she chose to disown her father uh, years before his death and never reconciled with him Uh, Carla had reconciled with him they'd been off and on Um, she had been involved in her life and she had periods of separation from her dad but she did reconcile with him uh, toward the end of his life but you know neither one of them were qualified to be in a leadership position within the organization, and I don't think their father ever expected them to be. Um, Carla had done some spokes- spokesperson roles uh, in the early days, and she was comfortable with that, I suppose. But um, there, there wasn't. A, we're all cohesive, and uh, well, we're I moving forward with uh, with articulating what Satanism is and can be.
5: Well, I understand that she puts on this uh, what she calls Black Christmas every year, and I, I'm not clear. Maybe you could clear that up. I thought that Anton and Carla and Zena were all Jewish faith before this this all started and before he went in Life magazine and posed and got tight with Hollywood, you know? Is that true?
3: No, that's not true. He was never... Uh, certainly Zena and Carla never got any inculcation into the Jewish faith, and as far as uh, dr levey 's inculcation, his mother told him that God is nature that 's all it is and she didn't go any further than that um, I think ethnically there's uh he had ethnic background uh in uh, uh, as a, a being of a Jewish background but um he never practiced and and he was never attracted to that. He was never brought up in that faith at all
0: all right not a lot of time jeremy uh you're on with the uh, Blanche hi Hey, uh, Art, how you doing? Just great. Where are you?
8: I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And I'm actually the guy that emailed you at your other email address.
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh,
8: no problem. Um, yeah, I have two quick questions for Blanche. Um, so, uh, according to your reviews, what I'm not like gonna say consequences, but what are the non-benefits of not following the church's beliefs? Hmm.
3: What are the non-benefits of not? You mean if? If you're an actual member or if you're just an adherent to the satanic philosophy?
8: If you're ad- adherent to the philosophy of the, of the church.
3: Well, uh, you mean like if you, if you actually commit the sin of stupidity?
8: <laughs> well, that, uh, no, that, no what, is, what I'm saying is if you don't follow the belief system that the church promotes, what are the non-benefits? Of that.
3: Well, you don't get things the way you want them, and, you, and you, your life doesn't work very well. That's the consequences. This is a philosophy that advocates lesser magic and greater magic to move you forward in your life and find satisfaction and have a great party. You know, it's your party, and it's the only one you get, as far as we know. So if you're not having a good time and you're not being successful, then you're the one that's responsible for that.
0: Well, you did allude to the possibility of reincarnation.
3: That's my own personal belief. That's oh, okay. not right. Church of Satan policy. Okay. That's my own speculation and, and romantic ideas.
8: Okay. okay. And the other question is um, it, it seems like you guys are uh, kind of borrowing the number 666 from um, Babylonian astrology. Is that true?
3: I don't think 666 ever came up in this conversation. It's not particularly interesting to me, other than that it interests other people.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm reading on your website, so I, I, f- what you're saying tonight is quite different from, from what I'm reading on your all's website. You're it's, reading um, the Church of Satan website. Correct. Yes, it's it's like you're trying to promote a you know like a materialistic intellectualism, but from what I'm reading on the website, it's quite a different story. So I'm trying to find out little bits and pieces of what your thought was in terms of that specific number according to the church.
0: All right, that's a good actually good question. Website,
3: you better yeah. That's
0: what I was going to ask. Does your official website? What is it? uh, uh, Please again, Blanche.
3: ChurchOfSatan.com.
0: That's where I'm at. Yeah. And and you're seeing things about embracing the triple six over there?
8: Yeah, it says uh, the uh, 666 uh, is considered a shorthand signal heral- heralding diabolism.
0: Does hmm. yeah. that make sense, Blanche? Uh,
3: well, we do use the sign of the horns. Uh, Anton LaVey is giving the sign of the horns on the back of the Satanic Bible. Um, and that, of course, has been adopted by a lot of rockers, uh, but the 666 really doesn't have a, a, a big reference point for for me or most or most satanists except for the amusement that that other people seem to to really yeah. give it a lot of potency
8: they do. you guys are based out of new york right the administration office uh yes okay cuz your po box is even 666
3: Oh yes, that's true.
8: No. <laughs> yes, that's fun. Yes, that's um, what I was asking. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a few references to that number, so
0: yeah, it sounds like they're yes. more having fun with it than anything.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yes, I, I see your point. Yes, we do have a 666 box, and and I have a 666 box uh, for my for my newsletter as well. And it was available, and you know, why not take it? Just because other people seem to think it's so important. It's kind it's kind of a wink, just a wink
8: to, towards towards the Book of Daniels, or it's a wink towards. Babylonian
3: astrology. It's a wink.
0: If you wanted to link uh, to that, sir, then it links to that. I guess people, you know, make up their own own links. I don't know. Um, Indio, California, on the phone. You're on with Blanche. Hello.
11: Hello, Art. Uh, Thank you very much. Sure. Listen, everything that I'm hearing from her is pretty much the opposite of what I experienced. In the late 60s, um, Anton was on a daytime talk show and they said, oh, we're having a witches meeting tonight and blah, blah, blah. And so my girlfriend calls me, she goes, oh, let's go. So we went. Mm -hmm. And we walked up to this house in San Francisco, walked up the stairs and this lady entered the door in black. I mean, it was dark. It was spooky. (laughs) Mm. And here's a stuffed leopard by the door, not a panther. And... No, it was a leopard.
0: I think job. you're right. Pardon me? She knows. She said leopard.
11: Oh, oh, it was. Okay. So we went into this meeting. It was a witches' meeting. Mm-hmm. And I have never experienced anything like that. I felt as... Uh, Anton was very captivating. I mean, I can see why people were drawn to him. He was just magnetic. That in his big chair like a you know the king, and with this, I remember this brass thing above his head on the wall, I guess, or something. And big fireplace, and but the witch, you know, it was a witch's meeting, and then they they got into how the witches were talking about how they had put spells on somebody, and such and such happened to them, and mm-hmm. it was like he was going, oh, good, you know. When I left there I felt like I'd been to the Adams family house. It was It, 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 it must it, have
3: made quite not, an impression on you to remember it this many years later. Oh my god, I'll never forget it. I mean, it was Well, it, I think it, he accomplished his goal then. Yeah,
0: apparently. All right, well, listen, thank you very much. Uh that was interesting. She did obviously remember it very clearly. Uh somewhere in California. Hello, you're on the air. Not a lot of time.
1: Uh yeah, I'm calling from Hawaii.
0: Hawaii. And actually okay. yeah.
1: And uh Art, I'm so glad you're back. You Thank make you. my night so good. Thank you. But anyway, with your guest is I find it very interesting that she's avoiding the fact that this man that you're saying did such good things is doing the work of Satan. And, I mean, we all know that his biggest trick is to convince you that he doesn't exist. So, you know.
0: Well, I I would have to say that what she has said is consistent with that.
5: That he doesn't exist.
0: Well, uh, yeah, more or less, right. If you listen to the interview, she basically, yeah, basically said that.
1: Well one one last thing, I did grow up in San Francisco and I remember as a kid having to go by that spooky house and run by it. And all the kids and stuff and I heard that some neighbors disappeared after complaining about his pet lion in the backyard. Is that true?
3: Yes, they did. Uh, there was um, a film actually called Satanis, And it's wonderful it, um, It's kind of hard to find But if you find it There were interviews with uh, uh, neighbors And talking about seeing the lion And the, and the weird rituals through the, front, through the front windows And they all seemed quite captivated by it But uh, yes, there were complaints about the lion And he had to um, give Togar to the, to the zoo And it was heartbreaking for him Because they, they were very close
0: and those neighbors then disappeared.
3: Uh, various things happened to them. Uh, I mm-hmm. think there were some medical issues. Uh, some of them moved away, as neighbors tend to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> all right, uh, Barbara, you're on uh, on the air with uh, Blanche. <laughs> Hello, Barbara. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you, but you, oh, you sound wonderful. very hollow. Well, so, Barbara, Barbara, listen common to common me, Barbara, Barbara. Hello, my- Barbara. Can you hear me?
4: Yes, I can. Okay.
0: You sound like you're in a hollow tunnel, so you're going to have to find the microphone on your computer and get really close to it. Or... Really
4: close. Can you hear this? No.
0: Look for the little tiny hole. It's a, it's a laptop. It had a little hole there, and you got to get right up to that.
3: How about this?
0: Now you're this... cooking. That's much better.
3: Okay. Um, what is the policy of the Church of Satan regarding the afterlife? Okay. Uh, our, our policy is that, uh, we don't know, that there's not, you know, enough evidence to, to prove that there is an afterlife. And since we can only assume that there is not, it's better to err in the direction that there is not and get the most out of every breath that you have right now, today, here and now, because you don't know what's afterwards and you don't know when it'll end. I see. So pretty, pretty um, then, you don't believe that Anton is anywhere right now? You don't? I believe that he's, when he's represented in a lot of people who respect his philosophy, and that if we have any hope of immortality, perhaps that's all we get. I'm not sure that there's any entity that survives, any consciousness that survives.
0: All right. I I'm, could be I'm, wrong. I am.
3: I'm, I'm open to suggestions, sure. and I'd love that to be true, but I don't have enough evidence to believe that right now.
0: All right. We are at the end of the program. I just have no more time. I wish I did. It just flew by. Blanche Martin, thank you so very much. Uh, if you, people want to know more, you would recommend they go where?
3: To churchofsatan.com. That's, that's a wonderful portal for a lot of information there. And even about 666 and what that means to us.
0: <laughs> so oh, so it does have a meaning.
3: Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Okay. It's, it's whatever meaning whatever meaning one, one wants to give it. That's what it's all about.
0: Uh-huh. Carefully stated. Blanche, it has been a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you so very much.
3: Thank you for being out here, Art. We take, really appreciate you being out again on the air. Take care. Take care.
0: Well, there you have it. As I just said, I feel that uh, the job of Long Form Talk Radio... Is to look into things that others don't look into. That's what we do here. Sometimes you tune in, sometimes you tune out. For the world's time zones, I'm Art Bell. Thank you and good night.